HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at ranchogordo.com. It's September, and as the days get shorter and temperatures cooler, it's time to go back to school. This week on Meet and 3, we're looking at how lunchtime is changing from elementary schools through college, whether classes are remote or in person. While there was some information about where families could access food, it was spread out on many different websites. I'm seeing people, you know, advocate for, like, going back into school and... A main reason is, you know, food insecurity, like kids go to school and they get fed. And I'm just, that's a whole other thing of like, fight for kids to be fed versus like going to school. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to this installment of Eat Your Heartland Out. I'm your host, as usual, Capri Cafaro, and we have a real taste treat in store for you on today's show. We are delighted to have two guests that capture the essence of how diverse cultures have made exotic flavors part of the Midwestern food landscape. Ferhan Jeti is Somali and Alberto Dinegri is Peruvian. Let's hope I got their names right. Together, they may have just started a trend by joining forces and opening a Somali-Peruvian restaurant in the heart of Columbus, Ohio, a place where I spent about 10 years of my life. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Capri. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited, as you can tell. Um, and I know you guys have a very uh, interesting story, but let's kind of start at the beginning. When did you guys get to Columbus, Ohio, and how did you end up there? Well, I uh, I'll start with my I'll start it, and I moved here back in 1996. My uh, when I was in high school, we moved from Springfield, Virginia, and with as as an immigrant, when we came from Somalia, we landed our our the place we lived at the time in America was Springfield, Virginia. And mm-hmm. it was a little bit diverse. It was fun. There was like a lot of uh, yeah, kids that I was familiar with from Peru, from Korea, from different South Africa. Sure. So I, that's where we landed. And then we moved to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, at, at the time, there was not a lot of Somalis, but uh, 
we were the first few families that moved in and uh, we have been in Ohio ever since. So technically, and, Ohio is- So how, how many years then have you been in Ohio? God, since 1996. Okay, right, that makes sense because I know that, you know, over the last 20 some years, um, Columbus has grown as, as a, uh, a pretty large Somali expat community. Yes, it, it has. It has grown. It's uh, we're close to uh, one hundred eighty thousand families here now. Wow, that is that is pretty sizable, um, yeah. and um, I, I I know at least from my experience in Columbus, really has added to the flavor, literally and figuratively, um, of of our state capital. So, Alberto, how did you end up in Columbus? Well, uh, I ended up in Columbus. I, I we came here in two thousand and one. Me and my family. Uh, we chose Columbus because uh, my family, my, my wife's family migrated to Columbus mm. in the late 70s. So they've been here for a while. So um, we've been here for 19 years now. That's that's a that's a, you guys are both been in in the Buckeye State for for a long time now. Yeah. As I said before, you know I spent um, ten years basically uh, back and forth in between Northeast Ohio and Columbus when I was uh, serving in the state uh, legislature there, mm-hmm. and um, I did have experience with a lot of uh, Somali cuisine, but I, I didn't really notice a lot of uh, you know Peruvian culture um, around uh, Columbus. So. Um, is it rare that a Peruvian would settle there? Is there a big, um, you know, Peruvian or Latinx community that I'm missing? The, the, the Peruvian community is small here in Columbus. It's not that large. But um, uh, the Peruvian cuisine is well known uh, all over the world. So I, I think it's something that not only uh, appeals to Peruvians, but uh, in the general public, right? Well, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about uh, the specific food that, uh, you know, is offered uh, both the Somali and the Peruvian. So hold that thought because we want to talk more extensively about the food. But um, I want to find out first how you, you guys came together. How, how did you meet and start your restaurant, which is called The Mix, which, you know, seeing the fact that you have both Somali food and Peruvian food on the menu, it makes a uh, the the name really fits well uh how we met is kind of we met we met in a he his background is he's uh he's my producer i have a tv show and uh we've been together since 2015 16-ish and one day i happened to walk in uh, with the the studio with the nice somali uh, food and he smelled it's like what is that we call ross um uh, soldato uh, it, it was, it, the only thing he's missing is the fries. I'm like, no, 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 this is so mighty. So you know how it is, the usual, I brag. <laughs> and after a while, um, there was one of our customers who used to do commercial, and he called and he said, this will be the, my last uh, commercial invoice I will do. I'm closing the restaurant. So jokingly, we said, hey, why don't we open a restaurant? But I happen to know that I'm, because I used to live in Springfield, Virginia, there was a lot of Peruvian restaurants. And I always, every time that I travel back, I used to specifically go to their restaurant because of the chicken. Mm, you're making me hungry already. Right. <laughs> uh, especially that sauce. And so I was, and we had a previous conversation. I knew he had an opening in his garage. And so I said, Barbero, yeah, I think this is it. This jokingly. And that's how we met. And three weeks later, we signed the lease. And here we are. 
Well, look, I mean, all good things start, you know, with, uh, you know, a, a joke, a garage, <laughs> uh, and, and really just, um, you never know where fate's going to take you. And, and that's, uh, pretty incredible that just kind of, um, fate and a whim brought you guys together. And, and now how many years have you been in business? Uh, with the restaurant, uh, we're going to be, it's going to be a year in November. Okay. So you're, you're still relatively new, but, uh, it sounds like you're already making waves because of the food that you serve and because it's, uh, an interesting mix, um, of, of both, of both cultures. So let's talk food. Um, what's unique about this menu outside of kind of the obvious? Um, I certainly have never heard of a place that serves both Somali and Peruvian dishes, um, under one roof. Well, uh, the, the, what we do, our, our, our menu is, is, is mixed, but we don't mix, uh, uh, we don't combine the, the two uh, cuisines. Mm-hmm. We have our own dishes, but our menu is the one that's mixed. We have it, uh, We have Peruvian, Peruvian dishes mixed with Somali dishes. Uh, the, the, um, I think so the, almost, almost two menus under one roof. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. So and, this isn't a, this isn't a fusion where you're mixing the flavors literally in, uh, in one kind of, uh, plate. No, cause we don't want to lose that traditional mm. that, uh, both cuisines have. Mm-hmm. And we want to show, we want to show, uh, our customers the, 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 the um, basics of, uh, our, our cultures and our scene. So, so we, we haven't fusioned anything, but, uh, um, what we do is we use uh, mostly the same ingredients for mm. us um, on, on our dishes. See, I find that really interesting because, you know, in your own way through food, what you're doing is you're showing, um, the, you know, your customers and the people of, of central Ohio that, um, you know, here are two countries and two cultures on you know opposite sides of of the globe, but right. you're still drawing upon the same basic um, foundation for your food, which you know is I think probably sends a really interesting message to uh, the people that come and eat at the mix. That, that's right, because uh, I, what 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 we think is uh, if you sit at a table and you enjoy a meal, it doesn't matter where you come from or what you your your uh, let's say political positions, religion is mm-hmm. enjoy the food and enjoy friendship and have a good time. Absolutely. Um, so to that end, actually, I wanted to ask, you know, is a lot of people, and this is what we talk about all the time on this show, you know, they, people see the Midwest as a place that doesn't really have a lot of, you know, cultural diversity. Um, yeah. And here you are um, bringing a lot of, of um, really, you know, bold cultures to, you know, the middle of Ohio. Yeah. And um, how do the people that, you know, live in the community, maybe that won't, aren't Somali or, or, you know, aren't Peruvian, how do they take to the food that you serve? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, Lisa Kapiri. Our, most of our clients, demographically, are not Somali or Peruvian. They are your typical American families, um, and most of our client uh, customers are within the neighborhood that we live in, mm-hmm. and they 
they loved it. And uh, yes, uh, a lot of restaurants suffered because of COVID. But sure. Our, our support system is based in within the neighborhood of Clintonville that we live in. I and- love Clintonville. I see. I listeners, if you ever come to Columbus, Clintonville is a great community. Um, a really um, just a really close knit community, and one that's that's I think uh, very very much embraces um, diversity for sure. Oh, yes, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, our clients are uh, they pretty much can find a different uh, dish, different uh, taste, and uh, what and another crazy part that we really found out recently was uh, past election primary season. Mm-hmm. You can find different. Uh, politicians, different parties from different places within that restaurant. So our restaurant was really booming when it comes to election for pre- previous uh, primary time. So it, I, I love it. This yeah. is a, a great, um, very topical right now for uh, as we come into the election as well. And I'm a big fan of talking about how, you know, food is a common denominator that can bring us all together as someone who spent most of my uh, adult life in, in public service. So um, I'm glad to hear that that folks from both sides of the aisle are, are coming to your restaurant. Yes, they are, and they love it, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils, as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. So they obviously people are coming from all walks of life because of the food. So what are your signature dishes? Give walk through walk our listeners through what they could get on the menu um and and what maybe again has makes you stand out a little bit. Well on the on the Peruvian side uh the the signature dish is the rotisserie chicken. Mhm. It's uh it's a roasted chicken, it's marinated uh for 12 hours, uh, roasted on charcoal, nabeto charcoal, with uh, a, a brine with different spices. And uh, it's, it's very juicy, tasty, it's most wonderful. And you can combine it with, uh, with rice, with fries, with salad. And, and they come with two, two sauces that we make here. Uh, one is a green sauce. It's a jalapeno cilantro sauce, mm-hmm. and the other one is a yellow sauce. It's a, a, a yellow Peruvian pepper that we that we uh, import, and uh, that's that's how we make the two sauces. I was just going to ask, where do you get some of your ingredients? Um, you know, and and uh, do you, it sounds like you have to import them, but do you, have you adapted any of your recipes? Um, to fit maybe the either the palate or just the supply chain, uh, you know, regionally. Now nowadays, it, it's 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 very easy to get most of the ingredients. Um, uh, some of it we we import, uh, but but you can get most of it, it there. Um, 
the suppliers are in New York, New Jersey, but we, we can we can get most of them here in Columbus. Mm. Um, and and the other signature dish on the on the Somali side is the uh, the the camel roasted camel uh, over rice basmati Somali rice um, that is wonderful. So it's uh, it's a it's a very aromatic rice. Um, it, 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 no, it doesn't have any any grease at all. Any any. Uh, so it's 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 very healthy, very good. And the, wow. the camel is something new here uh, in town. Sure. <laughs> yeah, people love it. And and what's interesting is um, we've had people from um, uh, Latin America, or mostly South America, Peruvians, Ecuadorians, uh, and and they tasted the the camel, and they we have a. A cousin of the camel down in South America is called the alpaca. Oh, sure. They, you guys eat, you eat alpaca? Yeah, we do. We do. No kidding. Yes. I've learned something new. Yes. And and the taste is very, very similar. So so What uh, does what does camel or alpaca taste like? Because I gotta be honest with you, uh, number one, I've not I've never uh, had either to eat. I'm yeah. not sure I'm adventurous enough to try either of them, but Tell me about it. Tell no. me what, what what would I expect if I got enough guts to, to go eat camel at the mix? If you've had deer, it's very, very close to deer meat. I see. Yes, yes. So, so uh, and, and what we do is we take care of the meat so it's very soft, uh, it's not chewy, and, and, and we roast it nicely with the vegetables that come with it. So so it's a very, very well-prepared dish. Wow, and people are are not afraid. It sounds like they're ready to try something totally uh, oh, off yeah. the beaten path. Yeah, that's right. We've had uh, uh, Ohio State students come in just for the, uh, for the camel. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I'm glad to see that people are more adventurous than me. And one of these days, as I said, maybe I'll get enough guts. But I'm fascinated because because I've never heard camel served on a menu anywhere uh, in the United States. And I'm assuming this gets imported as well. It does. It, it gets imported from uh, Australia. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 that, wow, that is, um, I don't know, I'm, I may have to drive down and, and check it out just because now... You've piqued my interest. My my curiosity is is definitely uh, up there for sure. Um, are you surprised actually by the fact that you know Ohio State students are coming in and, and asking for camel and that you know people you you know you mentioned yourself. Um, I believe your words were you know they are the typical American you know families or whatever that are coming into your restaurant. Are you surprised that um, you know uh, Americans in the American Midwest are taking to your cuisine um, and are welcoming it as, as in the way that they are? Uh, I am, actually. Um, and as I said, the, when it comes to the, specifically the camel meat, the most requested family uh, demographics are your typical average uh, American family. And you might see a grandpa with the kids or the nieces, and they will say, let me try it. And at the, at the end of the conversation is, I loved it. What is it? How, mm -hmm. But when you explain it for after a while, how long these, the meat has been seasoned and the process went through, they, they appreciate that fact. 
And the fact that, you know, they can find within the neighborhood they live in is another advantage that they have. So it's it's been surprising for and, and from my end, and but it's a it's a it's actually a good surprise. And uh, we're looking forward more to them. Families. Sure. Have you noticed that that people in the area maybe have have been more interested in learning more about the Somali or Peruvian culture overall, uh, using food kind of as a gateway to learn more about um, you know the the larger aspects, the greater aspects of of you know Somali culture and traditions. I, I think I saw, for example, um, I think on your website that. Um, the restaurants did something to celebrate Somali Independence Day, for example. So do you find that you know, food is, is also being used as a cultural gateway um, to educate the community too? Yeah, absolutely. I, yes, as you put it well, I, it, it is a way uh, where the community that can connect and collaborate. And it, it, it's, I'm glad that we have this platform where different people, different background, different understanding different politics can come and have a conversation at the end of the day, they have different perspectives. That, that's great. So um, what's next for the mix? What can we, what can we expect? Well, um, nowadays, well, you know, we are living uh, different times. Um, we, we have to, to, to ride this wave first, let it just, slow down right the covid the covid wave yeah yeah the covid wave and and what what our uh, thoughts were uh trying to open uh maybe two more restaurants in Mm -hmm. in town and uh well that's still our idea but we are waiting a little bit for this to just uh to, to to be over with you know sure and and you're not alone in that. Um, you know, there are a lot of brick and mortar restaurants that have, um, you know, either slowed uh, their expansion or were planning to open, going from a food truck to, uh, you know, brick and mortar, more, um, you know, permanent facility and have held back on that. But you all have seemed to, you know, weather the, the you know, first aspects of this, um, you know, uncertain times during this pandemic very well. And, and I'm assuming you did take, take out for... A good portion we did, of we, the time. We we did. We even closed for three weeks. So mm. we 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 follow all the uh, specifications and and uh, advices from uh, the Ohio government and uh, the CDC and all that. The the health department. Sure. So, so we, we we even had an article uh, on the dispatch that we were following. We were one of the first that were following all the rules that were were set out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, it's it's been tough. I'm not gonna tell you it wasn't, but it's not. It's we were still living it, but uh, we're still here. We we have very we've created a loyalty that uh, uh, with our clients, and and they they're here supporting us. Uh, we. If we if it weren't for for them we we well, those would be closed but we 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 appreciate that support. Sure. Uh, I want to add, um, uh, uh, I say I know that we mentioned uh, plenty of people. Also, Northern uh, Northern community is actually one of the few communities that's been actually extremely aggressive, yeah. where they request catering uh, under different uh, events when it comes to cooking uh, out with different families. And different birthdays, so it's it's because of our neighborhood, honestly. Sure. 
not because of our communities, because of our neighborhood that we that mm-hmm. we live in. Mm-hmm. Those are our foundations. Those are our backbone, and we are supremely appreciative the support that we got from those two communities, Clintonville and Orland. Well, and, and I think that's, that's a great place for us to, to wrap up our conversation because what you guys are saying um, is, I think, very inspiring and part of what we have been trying to do and tell the story all through season one of Eat Your Heartland Out. And that is about um, showing how, you know, new Americans end up changing the flavor landscape and the culture around them, um, bringing in the diversity and, um, you know, the, the specific aspects of your individual cultures. And all of a sudden, they're the cultures of the community you live in. So you've sure. just described, you know, uh, these neighborhoods, not necessarily Somali communities or Peruvian communities, but, you know, neighborhoods of Ohioans that may have been here for generations that are ordering your food, that are coming in, that are asking, you know, placing catering orders um, and eating camel. And uh, talk about, uh, you know, a a real American melting pot that in the middle of, uh, you know, the the state of Ohio, surrounded by, you know, corn and everything else, there you guys are bringing uh, a new dynamic in uh into the american midwest and making the midwest your own and and uh that is just uh wonderful and i'm i'm time and again we see our communities all across whether it's you know lebanese and in kansas or uh, iraqis uh christians in uh in michigan or or um russian mennonites in south dakota or of course uh, you know our indigenous neighbors um each one of these communities, just like yours, has has really colored uh, the the food landscape of the American Midwest, making us a lot more than just corn dogs, meatloaf, and you know butter uh, butter statues at the at the state fair. So I am so glad that we've had a chance to chat, um, and maybe we'll we'll have you back on at some point, and you can give us an update. That will be great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to you both. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the first season of Eat Your Heartland Out. This has been so much fun for me. I hope it has been a lot of fun for you. I've learned a lot. Uh, I hope that you've learned a little bit more about uh, the wonderful, diverse flavors and cultures of the American Midwest. But while this is the last episode of season one, good news is there's going to be a season two. So tune back in In a few weeks, season two is going to be up and running with more bold flavors, tastes, cultures, experiences of the American Midwest. There's no way we could do all of it in season one. There's still so much more to cover. So tune back in to season two for Eat Your Heartland Out on the Heritage Radio Network. It's been my honor to be your tour guide and host, Capri Cafaro, for season one. Tune back in for season two. Eat Your Heartland Out is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.